Hello, my name is David Burns of the Assessment Register and welcome to our podcast. Firstly, I'd like to thank everyone for their support during 2020, particularly those clients of ours that we've known for many years and worked together on many projects. Again, a great thanks to everybody. With fear of stating the obvious, 2020 has been a difficult year for many. In fact, we've all been touched in one form or another in both business and personal life. But this podcast is meant to be a little bit upbeat, if possible, for 2020. Um, We have lots to talk about. Um, And I suppose what we can take from 2020, three things that we'd like to pick on of all the madness that did go on. Uh, Number one being remote auditing. Number two, being conformity assessment in terms of recognition post-Brexit. And of course, thirdly, price, costs, the charges from notified and certification bodies. So what we're going to be doing is just quickly running through each one of these in turn. And hopefully, a little bit of the feedback we've received from our clients, we can put back into the pot and perhaps certification bodies and notified bodies in the UK, um, well, they may act on it, they may not. They may decide to take our frontline thoughts and put them into some sort of an action, or they may choose to ignore them. Um, but we just thought we'd put it out there, so to speak. So firstly, remote auditing. An interesting concept. I was talking to somebody at UCAS um, some months ago now, And they actually did say that they'd started a similar type of project way before COVID, about two or three years ago, um, where they actually thought they could audit some laboratories uh, remotely, particularly on surveillance visits, where some of those laboratories would submit documentation as a part of their surveillance. This would be reviewed by the UCAS team, and then they'd log in and do a remote review. Okay, obviously, that's been sped up now with the onset of COVID. It's forced remote auditing um, on a great many. Now, interestingly, certification bodies have been promoting remote auditing like there's no tomorrow. They've been promoting it as if this is the best thing since sliced bread. And I've often thought, well, if it was that good, Teams and Zoom have been around for years. Um, Conference calls have been around for many years. You sort of think to yourself, well, why haven't they been doing it before? Hmm, okay. So there's one thought. The second thought is we get mixed messages. For example, certification body bosses and administration teams at the certification and notified bodies think that remote auditing is great. Um, Yet when you actually talk to the auditors, they think it's mm, almost comparable with madness um, and it doesn't work and it's a bit lip servicey okay um, now looking at it from the consulting point of view from our point of view we don't really mind um, it kind of makes the consultant's life in many respects easier so in that regard we don't really mind either way um, if a client of ours has to have certification in one form or another, then we'll support that in whatever form it comes, whether it be remote or face-to-face. Okay, let's be truthful. Let's be truthful. Okay, be very truthful here. Um, We know as consultants and the auditors know as auditors, it doesn't actually work. Remote auditing is pretty, pretty useless. 
really. You kind of need to be in the company auditing to get the best understanding of that organization. You can look at the bigger picture. It gives you a different, certainly a different perspective on the organization when you're actually in the organization doing the auditing. Um, Again, with fear of stating the obvious, looking at someone on a computer screen and being guided by them on what to look at and what to look for is, is pretty lame stuff, really, pretty limiting. Okay, so clearly remote auditing has its place, of course, but in terms of adding value, in terms of compliance, it's, it's, it's pretty useless. And I think we also all know that the only reason certification bodies are banging the drum, if so to speak, the only reason certification bodies are promoting remote auditing is that it maintains their own income stream. There's no other reason for it. And I think that's worth sort of bearing in mind. Now, the next thing um, we'd like to talk about on the back of this, sort of running alongside it, of course, is the matter of conformity assessment and recognition. There's been a lot of talk, as we all know, over the last 12 months about the UK CA mark and the UK NI mark for Ireland replacing the CE mark. Well, of course, that's here to stay. Um, That's going to happen whether there's a Brexit deal or not a Brexit deal. And I understand hot off the press. I've just been nudged. Yes, I've just been nudged that there is a deal. Okay, so that's all good stuff. Will conformity assessment be top of the list? I don't know. I mean, there's true trains of thought here. We all know that CE marking is all about product on the market. We also know the person putting that product on the market is legally liable for that product. It's up to the organization or the individual or the brand markets and promotes a product and places it on the market is actually ultimately responsible for that product as if they'd actually made it themselves okay so that's going to be the same I mean that's going to be the same for the UK CA mark and that's always been the same for the CE mark so therefore those of you that export any product whatever it may be it's the EU importer of your CE marked product is the ones that are going to be legally liable for making sure their ducks are in a row with you supplying that product to make sure that it does comply with local regulations okay but again that should not be a surprise for most of you that are in manufacturing because that's just the way it's always been and I don't think that's going to be um, any different going forward the next thing to remember likewise any product that you import from the European Union or any other country for that matter have to comply with UK law when it comes to product compliance and safety so therefore you as the importer or the one placing the product on the market is again legally liable for that product being put onto the market as if you'd actually made that product. So it's up to you as the importer of an item or a product that you place on the UK market or incorporate into your product to put into the UK market. You're the ones that are responsible for making sure the supply chain is the height of integrity. And the third thing on our list is fee rates. Now, going back to our remote auditing and going back to the infrastructure associated with remote auditing. Now, a lot of companies have benefited from not having the additional charges imposed on them for travel and accommodation by the auditor when they come and visit you. As a remote audit, by default, of course, you're not going to be charged 
travel and accommodation fees. Okay, so that's the first thing to remember. Secondly, I think the whole pricing structure does need to be shaken up. And a lot of our clients have sort of said, hey, what's going on here? We've been charged for two days, but the guy really doing his remote audit probably only spent a couple of hours FaceTime. Um, and the rest of it is report writing and reviewing documentation. We've long tried to promote contract value when it comes to certification and audits. For example, if you wanted ISO 9001 or you want 14001 or you want EN 1090, depending on the type of organization you are and the size of the organization, there should be like a fixed fee. It should be a fixed fee contract. Let's say for argument's sake, let's use the magic number 1,000 pounds for ISO 9001 for six people in an SME manufacturing widgets of some sort. So you've got a fixed fee. It's not based on a day rate. So whether the auditor speeds up the audit remotely with you to get things done quicker or he ducks in and out of of your audit over a number of days rather than just trying to ram it all into one day, I, I think that would be really good for the market. It will actually make it a fairer market because the days are actually turning into a bit of a nonsense. Plus the fact as well, you get different types of certification bodies with different types of auditors. For example, some certification bodies have recently promoted the fact they've got a large number of AS9100 auditors on their books, so a big team. But in reality, what is that team all about? You remember, it's not the hours you put in, it's what you put into the hours when you're actually auditing. We all know that there's a lot of banter and chat when it comes to audits and auditors. Nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, and some companies actually enjoy that conversation about the organization and that bit of banter about the business. But if we're doing remote auditing, that banter's missing. So therefore, it's all become much quicker and slicker. So come on, certification bodies and notified bodies. Let's look at things as a contract value. How much will you charge a certain type of company for your audit product? That certificate on the wall with ISO 9001 stamped on it. What's that actually worth um, in real terms? And try not to make it into days. Focusing on that subject of days again, we've had lots of conversations with different organizations and UCAS tables and so on when it comes to numbers of days in industry sector and so on and so forth. And depending on the complexity of those processes or the complexity of the product will depend on whether the days go up or down and so on and so forth. But let's be honest, it sounds like a bit of a cartel. I mean, if one certification body can't shift because of another certification body or a pan-global agreement on numbers of days, I mean, companies and industries and auditors and countries, they all differ. So you cannot have a global structure when it comes to days. So there you have it. That's our input from 2020. Three things. Number one, remote auditing. It's here to stay. So let's make it better. Number two, conformity assessment and recognition of product and product type. And the third one, contract values. Certification bodies 
should really start to look long and hard on how they charge clients for the two things before, i.e. remote auditing. You can't charge a day rate. It's, it's madness to even think you can. Conformity assessment infrastructure. Well, the best thing to do, you're better off working in a joint venture with an in-country notified or certification body. I mean, for example, Ireland. Ireland are still part of the European Union. Why don't some of you notified bodies or certification bodies just simply have a joint venture with an already accredited certification or notified body in Ireland, for example. That would make life easier for everybody. And then, of course, coming back to our friends, the day thing. Avoid the day rate thing. Um, It's history now. You need to look at certification as a proper product having a value, not just trying to force it into a day. It puts auditors on the back foot because they kind of feel they've got to cram everything into a day when they nine times out of ten finished at 12. And as I say, my passing shot to certificate bodies and their auditors. It's not the hours you put in, is what you put into the hours. You cannot add value. You are not adding value because you're not allowed to add value. That's the domain of professional consultants. So that is three things we'd like to put out there for 2021. Remember, clients, again, thank you very much for your support and long may it continue. Um, It's been a bumpy old ride and let's all hope that 2021 is going to be, well, not so bumpy, so to speak. Thank you very much for listening and have a great new year. Thank you.